0: right this this uh shouldn't be too long but um to kick it off reading about you um i saw that you've partnered or founded 20 ventures and then another thing that stuck out uh, amazingly because a lot of people who i speak to don't realize that i'm 20 years old so seeing that you've done over 300 million dollars in sales to me it's like 300 million is like this very unknown number uh specifically when it comes to dollar amounts within sales um I guess to, to just start it off or kick it off, I mean, how did you get started within, you know, sales, marketing, or just your entrepreneur journey in general?
1: Really, it um, began when I started selling cell phones uh, in college, uh, right when digital cell phones were entering uh, Lexington, Kentucky, where I lived. So it like digital cell phones, it was still analog, um, and right at that transition to new technology. And and then went to uh, New Hampshire for a summer and sold cell phones while I was there too. And I was like, all right, I like you can make some good money working a lot less time uh, than a typical hourly. You know, like I like to be paid for a performance. And uh, but then as as time went on, and it's like, all right, what else could I sell? What else? You know, where can you apply your your abilities and your skills? What the products do I? What other services? So I started a. Started in real estate and did really well. You know, obviously sell a half million dollar, a million dollar home and you get 3%, well, that's, you know, 30 grand. Um, So same skill set, right? A great salesman in real estate, um, uh, you know, they might sell a little bit differently than uh, someone selling a technology or electronics product, but it's still similar skills. And then I just started, I started realizing, hey, if I'm the engine of the business, I'm gonna get tired. I don't get tired. But if I design the engine and build the flywheel that just keeps going and going and going, then I have a potential to scale and have more fun.
0: Absolutely. Um, so then, as you just explained, you've been through a, a variety of, I guess, different sales channels, meaning, uh, well, niches, I guess, more so, real estate, cell phones, etc. Um, so for somebody like a younger entrepreneur trying to get into different things whether it be those specific niches or other things I mean what would you say are some of I guess I'll word it as what are tips that you would give your younger self
1: I would I would first start building my, my personal brand a lot faster and like on a, one day I'm on the Real Bradley Show on his podcast and you got a massive brand big exposure, you know, he helped he, Grant Cardone make the transition from the car dealer world to mainstream, and, uh, you know, he's on his $50,000 keynote, but his his bigger brand, his bigger opportunities come, and they come a lot easier because he's got a personal brand. Yeah. So, like, if you're 20 years old, I'd be all in on, get your michaelgavinjr.com, a job whatever that looks like you know i remember i blew away my realist my uh, car dealership partners that I, I was in real estate and car dealership as well as socially money and car dealership one day um i'm live with my new website and i shared it on facebook and everyone saw it and all that i walk in the next day to a meeting with my partners and they were like they treated me differently so i made it easy for them to see who i am what i'm about um and your per- so your personal brand Lubricates the whole engine, so I don't know where you're at on your own personal journey, but getting your website, figuring out you know your email list, your lead gen side, um, even if it, you're not even sure what the heck you're selling yet, but figure out what can you package, productize into a little specific freebie, you know, around uh, that's aligned with what I would call your genius. And then the second thing would be, Socrates said, "To know thyself is the beginning of all wisdom." Yeah. So you're young. Go deep in discovering who you are and what you're made for. And that's that's why I wrote my book, The Genius Within. Um, it's the most complete process ever created for finding your deepest area of genius. But the peak performers in every single industry, over and over and over again, they all have this one thing in common. They put themselves in exactly or much more of the right position, where they're most naturally positioned to shine and to flourish. Because if you play out of position, you'll flop.
0: Yeah. Um, so as speaking on the book, I mean, not that I know, and I don't think I've ever asked anybody this question specifically, but I mean, what, how, what is like, what does it feel to go through the process of writing a book? Like, I understand it takes, it takes a while, but I mean, have you, did you run into any roadblocks with like, I guess, uh, not necessarily ideas, but the flow of the book and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's, you know, it's an identity shift. To go from not being a published author to being a unpublished author and writing a book, man, it's a massive imposter syndrome, just screams its ugly head at you. And in the process, it's like, you know, you're, you're confused. Like, is this gonna work? Is this good enough? Do I have what it take? All these things. And you're confused on each step along the way. But once you get over that hump and you get that first one done, like it feels so much easier to write future books. Like I'm so confident now in it. I've got two other big book opportunities in the, in the pipe. I've already got two other books basically done. Um, and, you know, I've got other, another half dozen book ideas. And so like these things are just going to come and come and come. But I, you know, the first step is getting that first one done. Yeah. To it, and, and I'll break it down actually how you could accelerate it. And what I've been coaching a lot of my clients to do is you take what's that core concept, then you mind map it all. And if you know what a mind map is, Mike, yeah, all right. So if, if you look at Da Vinci's notebooks, you've got mind maps, they're just filled with mind maps. And it was one of the secrets to you about his genius and his creativity, and it unlocks human genius and creativity in a powerful way. But you can, I can mind map book for someone in typically 35 to 40 minutes and so they have their first they have where they're going you know the first 80 percent not everything but most of the important things we just pull it out pull it out pull it out who it's for what's the core message what are the processes what's the stories of transformation um what's the end result um what you know headlines or subject lines for chapters that type deal and then what i did is i voice talked it out so i had the mind map of my book and then i voice talked it and then used ai transcription so that like i would walk around in each chapter i'd talk you know whatever five minutes and then i'd send it to the ai bot, cost me whatever 10 cents a minute so 50 cents i have that chapter written out now at the end of the day you know after voice talking for two or three hours i had 40 50 pages and then I just have to edit, polish, add stuff. And obviously, you know, you need to be at about a hundred and twenty pages. I like got the start. So many of us get stuck on the start and then I just continue enhancing and expanding it, developing it. Um and then you know, and if if you're not a writer, there's a lot of great ghostwriters. You can yeah. hire from anywhere from five thousand to you know, hundreds of thousands or even million you know, there's ghostwriters that will charge like a million dollars. Um roughly you you go through and and uh and then you know it puts your also puts your brand in a whole different platform when you have a finished book yeah it's a huge huge difference
0: i'm actually happy i asked that because i i honestly never knew that the a step that you know somebody as successful as you would take is the ai transcription which on it like that's a genius idea because I feel you know if you sit down and write you're going to run into roadblocks but if you're just speaking it just comes so much more naturally
1: yeah and, and it does and you're walking around you get ideas flowing and then you. one of my other buddies Jeff Goins he's written like seven books he's, you know it's under his name and then multiple and he's a ghostwriter as well and he said most people screw up when they write and edit at the same time when write Next day come and edit, don't do it at the same time, you can fuzzle the process. So spread it out and and just be okay with imperfect action because progress over perfection is my obsession, that's what I want to have in my mantra.
0: Yeah. Um, so then with everything that you've done, I mean what has driven you, whether it be people, events, or just dreams I guess, I mean what are three of the most influential out of those groupings?
1: You know, people, besides parents, of course, um, Tony Robbins would be right up there, Tony Robbins. I spent 1,447 hours with Tony Robbins, radically changed my life. Uh, uh, It really helped me identify who I could become and that I could actually become that, like anchored in that belief, eradicating uh, imposter syndrome or fears or just letting fears control me. Places, things, You know getting my first book done that really opens up the gates in a big way and because one of my sessions personally i'm obsessed about human potential i have been obsessed about it since i was in my early 20s i remember being at this uh, i was hosting a campus event i went to a small private liberal arts school we had a thousand students and i remember hosting this event and i looked around and we had 75 people there who were inspired and loving this this thing on thursday night that i was hosting i was like man you know what, I think this is my purpose in life. To unleash people has gotta give them potential. And I was standing there and I was like, you know what? I think I was like, I think everyone's supposed to do that. Well, I think I'm more uniquely like driven towards it and I'm obsessed with it. I've read, you know, over uh, over fifteen hundred books on in non fiction books on human performance, leadership, sales, marketing psychology, etc. And um, and I love it. And I love seeing people step in there gifting their genius. That's what lights me up more than anything else.
0: Wow. So, um, so then speaking of college, um, so more so now, do you, so what I've realized is that there's been a shift, uh, and this could just be because it's like mainstream media, you see everybody in the comments and everything like that. What, you know, do you need college or do you not need college going forward? I mean, how do you view college, whether it be in sales, marketing, or just, I guess entrepreneurship in general?
1: Yeah. I I mean, I believe in learning and growth. Like, I think it's one of the highest, most important skill sets in today's world. But the format and the structure of college, not absolutely necessary. In fact, it can sometimes be experienced. I, you know, I have my master's degree as well. So I like education because I like learning. But I think the, the challenge with most educational paradigms is I really feel like they're built upon the industrial age paradigm.
0: And if you look at the industrial age, they want more workers for the factories. Yes.
1: More people working in the Henry Ford line, more people in middle management, more people, you know, following these same kind of principles. Well, in a fast changing world, like the next 10 years, we'll have more than 100 years of technological change the next 100 years, we'll have more than 10,000 years of change from the technology standpoint. Well, it, these dinosaur institutions, they're built on a paradigm that's built to serve the industrial revolution. They need to be reset that in many regards. Now, I think like a Harvard or like one of my best friend, he's, um, he's a professor at uh, Cambridge. He's one of the top people in the world in his field of honor. Of research and teaching, um, so he sees that higher level, higher education has some challenges in its roadmap unless it adapts and reformats. Like how many, like the you know, blockchain's not coming out of higher education, and uh, you know, are we learn about NFTs and blockchain and like how to. It's not necessarily the cutting edge anymore. Yeah, um, and it's uh, the there's more openings. We got to look, you know, wherever you're going, the goal is not to make another worker. The goal is to unleash people's potential and school systems don't necessarily do that. Um, even though I like school, some of don't like all of it, but yeah.
0: All right. Perfect. Um, so then on, you know, influences school like that. Um, so what do you think? So you mentioned, you know, technological advancements and stuff like that. I mean, do you see, obviously, technology is playing a bigger role within sales and marketing. Um, Do you feel like those analog, I guess, systems of sales and marketing are going away as well? Or do you feel like they'll stick around a little bit more?
1: When you mean analog, what do you mean for analog systems of sales and marketing?
0: So, like... um, so CRMs would I would consider them like digital uh, channels of sales, and follow ups and stuff like that. But I mean, like so, analog for marketing would be like a uh, not necess- like a poster board or a billboard per se, or direct mail marketing, um, and then sales. I guess like door to door sales, face to face sales, stuff like that. Do you see those flourishing any more than they already have? Have they hit their peak?
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly they've in many the Hit their peak, but they do. They still have relevance. Like I have, you know, people are still buying physical products, right? Yeah. We're still phys- in a physical world, and I have a lot of clients in the e-com world. Well, when you do the inserts and you have the little QR codes on your on your product that in you know invites them to buy this or join your community or whatever, those things really work. And and so the physical flyers um, in today's day and age. Um, like you' it's all about attention and we have less competition in some of the mail than we used to. so it's still actually can really work. and in fact, you know it's less clutter. Um, I still am, am seeing results from mailing people different things. Um, and I think there's a lot of opportunity in that now. Um, we're going away from like cold calling and outbound calling as much and texting is obviously working. Um, But I think the automation and AI-driven automation, that makes it feel very personalized. I mean, you know, there's so many AI-driven chats, so many AI-driven... I use AI-driven email, like I use Jarvis for writing email and, and, you know, in in a matter of a minute or minutes, seconds even, I think Jarvis can read 10% of the internet so like when it's pulling out content you can use it for research like if i'm my next book that i've released i'll be using jarvis to write the book and jarvis.io and i've got a whole little uh, lead magnet called 22 22 meta and micro trends for 2022 and to talk about ai and how that's going to be a massive piece of of this next year and really the next few years because it's getting smarter and smarter and it's really working like you can write a whole novel with ai
0: yeah abso- absolutely especially since you know you, you said that you wrote your first book using you know speech to text ai transcription so i guess it only gets better from there um, yeah yeah next i mean i i asked a few people and the answer is always very yeah, I mean alike. But what would be success to you? So like what would you consider being successful as?
1: Success for me is living attuned and aligned to my purpose. Being of service, an impact, like making a dent in the universe, like we're called to serve a business, every human being is called to make to use their gifts in service of others, and to live in with integrity and alignment with who I am and, and how I'm meant to show up in the world. And I think there's clues. I think the other piece is most of us are out looking outward instead of looking inward. But the, the truly wisest people of any generation, you know, back to Socrates, if he said, to know thyself is the beginning of all wisdom, well, who did he mentor? Aristotle and Plato. Where did where does democracy come from? Largely from the the foundational pillars come from Socrates because he mentored Aristotle and Plato, who gave us this Western democracy idea. Um, and this uh, these a lot of these elements. And then you look at other high performing leaders, King David in in Proverbs. He wrote in Proverbs sixteen thirty two. He wrote, "It's better to have self control." to conquer a city. Another guy, D. Hawk, the founder of Visa, has done Visa credit cards and debit cards. He was the, you know major pioneer and innovator in his era. Um, we wouldn't have debit cards the way we do like without this guy. I talked to him two years ago. He was 98 at the time. And uh, the reason he was on my radar is when he retired from Visa, he started writing for Harvard Business Review and he started writing about the very best leaders in the world. And what do they do differently than ordinary leaders? We found that they did one thing differently than ordinary leaders and they focused that one thing is that they focused more than 50 percent of their leadership energy on leading themselves not leading others not leading down not leading sideways not leading up leading inwardly emotional self-leadership awareness heading in the right direction and connectedness so like you as a young young leader You know, I'm 42, you're 20, um, so I got 22 years on you, but, um, you know, if you master the self-leadership thing, the future is yours. And so, a lot of people, you you look at, like, why is Russia invading Ukraine? We got an upset little boy that's in the the skin of a, however old Vladimir Putin is, he's still a little, he's a little tiny tyrant. Mastered his own emotions, it's, it's driven out of ego. His ego is leading to the death of thousands of people and a lot of destruction, and his own people are turning against him. Yeah. Hopefully, they turning against him before it gets worse. Yeah. Um, so we'll see.
0: Absolutely. Um, so then, speaking of like leaders, um, so I forget the individual who said it, but he spoke about when he would mentor successful people, whether it was. I think Bill Gates was one of them and Mark Zuckerberg was one of them. And you, work in, you worked in sales or still work in sales. Um, there's always this conversation about introvert, extrovert. And then Daniel H. Pink within Selling as Human mentions that there's something called ambivert where they're right in the middle. They can be introverted when they need to, extroverted when they need to. What do you, from what you've seen and even from yourself, I guess, like, what do you think it is like, where have you seen the? I guess a person fall on that spectrum of introvert extrovert to being a great leader
1: I think they can be all over the place on the on the introvert extrovert I do think that um, it's a little bit of a myth that they need to be the outgoing extroverted type and even like Richard Branson on the surface he looks like he's an extrovert he's actually an introvert yeah. He's um, and a lot of now a lot of you know great leaders are introverts but a lot of them are experts too and um i think it's more about um tapping into who you are because um and and different leaders are needed for different situations and different organizations um, um you know the there jim collins wrote about level five leaders in good to Great, and those level five leaders and you look at we're both fans of tom brady What's the difference between Tom Brady and the average quarterback? Right, he constantly lifts up. He makes the people around him better, and he gives them credit. Yeah, like if you look at his Instagram post, have you ever looked at his Instagram post a Tampa Bay Bucks game?
0: Yeah, he's he thanks everybody else, and then even his last Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure he thanked the defense for majority of the winnings.
1: Yeah, he's he's giving credit to everybody else. He's lifting everyone else up, not hog. And then if he, if the team screws up he's not pointing fingers at uh, the line didn't play good or this didn't do good like I mean you know you can tell he was frustrated in the last couple years in New England because his receivers couldn't get open and they couldn't catch passes Yeah. and Belichick wasn't drafting good even now he doesn't really complain about Belichick and that he wouldn't give him any autonomy and wouldn't give him respect (laughs) right yeah He's, he's he's he acknowledges how great Belichick was and I was so grateful. He's, he, leaders take the blame and pass the
0: credit. Oh, that's that's a wonderful saying, actually. That's, um, so... Came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, with, like, I guess, introverts, extroverts, and I'm not looking for, like, a deep explanation, but, I mean, with introverts and extroverts, respectively, like, inclusively, what do you think those, I guess... What would you say are some key points as to how they can succeed? So like how can an introvert succeed? And I mean, an extrovert, it's kind of direct, like you can talk to everybody, law of averages, you're gonna get somebody to flip something, but.
1: Yeah, you know, high extroverts on a sales process, especially more consultative sales process, they have to learn how to listen. That's a challenge. And they have to um, question and listen and interview, you know. Great uh, salespeople in the consultative sales process. So, I do a lot of consultative sales where it's like, you know, integrity selling is like you want to sell a product or service only if it's right for them. And, but it, we we're given two ears and one mouth for a reason. You really should be listening about twice as much as we're talking. And so, that involves hey, let's go through deep dive questions, your discovery process. 70% of the sale is made actually in the discovery. Um, where they feel understood, they you understand them, you can position things right, all those things. Um, so an introvert sometimes has to get out of their own way and get, a, um, you know, realize that they can have a, a meaningful, thoughtful conversation that they would enjoy most of the time if they approach it right. Now, um, it can also be exhausting for an introvert, so they have to manage their energy. Um, to talk to a lot of people so you can't do like introverts would not be as good for the high volume like talking 10 hours a day mm-hmm. um, uh, but uh, they might be a little more on strategy um, and thinking through things Oftentimes, like I love that book quiet talks about the power of the introvert um, but at the end of the day what I found the number one prerequisite um, or number one indicator for whether or not someone will be great actually the disc profile if someone has a high DI on the disc profile almost always be good at sales or at least have the potential the raw potential be good at sales because you have to drive something you know an introvert or extrovert they have to be comfortable in driving someone towards a decision helping them make a decision that is right for them not just leading them to information Yeah. but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be once someone discloses enough information that you know your product or service is right then you gotta ask them for the buy and you gotta ask them multiple times and the di so that's the d dominant or driving i is interactive so they have to be comfortable with interacting someone is like super low on the eye, they're not probably going to be great at sales
0: absolutely um so I- i'm gonna reference daniel h Pink two more times because i actually yeah, i, I okay. really really love that book um S- selling is human, but he mentions that you know accessibility of data and numbers and I guess information is kind of what transferred. as you speak, finding it in yourself to be great or something like that. Do you think the I guess the easy accessibility of data, information, and numbers now kind of drives an individual to find himself more to become successful with any field that he's in? I think
1: I think definitely can, but the the thing that faces any generation today anyone that is connected to these little pocket computers called our phones is we're addicted to distraction yeah. and the average human being checks their phone like 120 times a day um, it's like never Like it's a whole like anxiety hormone issues human beings face so many things that we even 20 years ago we did not have and if you look at um, lots of times, I see I see people that just break down in anxiety, um, and it's partly these guys. Yeah. Um, so if I if I'm uh, I don't necessarily need data. Um, I like data helps you, mm-hmm. but um, uh, but it's, you know, like I'm more driven by intuition. Yeah. I and use data to confirm i am on the right path, but I'm not going to use data. Necessarily, um, as a core starting, Steve Jobs didn't use data necessarily. He used data on certain things, but he didn't. Hey, no one would have told him they wanted an iPhone yeah. or an iPod. You know, he figured those things out by taking some of those leaps of intuition. And that, on the Myers Briggs scale, you know, I'm uh, there's there's the intuitive or the sensory. Sensory will that personality type will rely on data intuitive can take those radical leaps of innovation and you know again less dependent on the data so that indirectly answers your question but
0: yeah (laughs) I I got I got the knowledge from it that I was I was looking for um so then my last reference to Daniel H Pink is how he speaks um, about you know so I guess I'll just give a preface I guess of like Do you believe in, like, affirmations? Like, if you were to affirm to yourself that something occurs, it'll occur? Because, um, like, Daniel H. Pink says that, like, self-interrogative affirmations are way better than plain affirmations. Like, if you ask yourself, so, I I don't know, hypothetically, you want a yacht. Instead of saying, like, I'll have a yacht, I'll have a yacht, it's better to say, like, how the hell can I get a yacht? Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. Um, I think they're both relevant, and they might be different in their usage because if I ask how the heck can I get a yacht then it might that actually triggers my brain to subconsciously hunt for the answer and hunt for the strategy and reverse engineer it so uh, actually, I actually love that but also I think if we say um, um, you know I am like I have this affirmation in the morning I start my morning off at literally the first thing that, uh, that I play on my phone I don't, my phone's in an airplane, so I wake up and, and until like for the first couple hours I'm awake, I don't check social media and all that. But my first affirmation is, I am Magic Mike. So I tap into this alter ego of this identity. You know, why did Muhammad Ali, you know, one of the most powerful phrases in the world is, I am. I am something. I am whatever you want to fill in. Muhammad Ali, famously, Six months before he fought Sonny Luton, who was rated one of the best boxers of all time, still um, Muhammad Ali was a seven-to-one underdog and he barely won his prior two matches. But he writes out this poem called "I Am the Greatest." He writes out this poem, and you can hear him reading it before a live audience, like almost like in a lounge or something. And um, his name was Cassius Clay at the time. He reads out this poem. And he starts reciting, I am the greatest boxer who ever lived, the most beautiful fighter in the world today. And boom, boom, boom. And he talks about how he's going to beat up this this old bear named Liston, and he's going to knock him straight to the moon and back, or whatever. And um, and he goes on, and at the beginning, you can tell the crowd and the audience, they start laughing at the very beginning. It's almost like if they had tomatoes, they would be throwing them at him. Like, dude, you're a fool. Who do you think you are? And that's this what the whole public thought. But by... About midway through, flip his switch, and the audience is like, hmm, this guy was really convicted. He believes it. But then they're cheering, they're on board, they're with him all the way. You can tell that he just convinced nearly every single person in that room that he has a real shot to be Sonny Liston. Yeah. He was convinced because he was convinced of himself. And I like to say, your identity precedes your destiny. So my identity, who I see myself becoming. Like Oprah Winfrey got to where she is right now. Tom Brady got to where he is because he saw and won in the Super Bowls. Yeah, over and over, and he saw it before he You know, Michael Jordan. You know, saw himself making the game-winning shots before he shot him.
0: Yeah, there's um, there's a saying about those who think they'll lose and those who don't think they'll lose are both typically right. So that falls yeah. within there. Um, so I think I hit all the points that I was looking to hit, um, told you to be, be pretty short I wanted to get straight to the point because you're on a crunch schedule and super busy. Um, I just want to thank you for joining me on this today. Uh, I got a lot of insight actually within the short time that we had. It's um, I'm genuinely falling into that whole belief of, I, I saw a saying and it said that you know years teach more than books, but I think I'm getting more so how you were speaking about listening I just listen to other people talk about certain aspects of life I'm I'm never gonna really be able to reflect that directly because you know I'm not you but you know I can take what you say and it is saturated into my brain to you know go about certain processes so thank you for that
1: you got it Um, pleasure connecting Michael excited for the future Um, let's let's stay in touch and let me know how I can serve and uh, I can't wait to connect again soon and see you how you unfold and step into your genius and, uh, and just figure out this next step for you as an entrepreneur and young leader.
0: Absolutely. Thank you.